Transform the way you hunt with the all-new base cellular trail camera connected by the Moultrie Mobile app. Moultrie Mobile's industry-best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up-to-the-minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. The Houndsman XP podcast is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Joy Dog Food has a rich tradition of supporting the Houndsman of America. Founded in 1945, Joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the American Houndsman. And in 76 years, there's never been a recall. Made with 100% American-made high-quality ingredients, Joy Dog Food has one of the highest calorie-dense formulas on the market. For 76 years, this made-in-America product has kept hunting dogs in the field day after day, season after season. And when we say made-in-America, Joy has a long track record of fighting for American freedoms by being on the front lines against the animal rights movement and their extremist tactics. Joy will fuel your hounds and fight for your freedoms, fueled by Joy. This is the Houndsman XP Podcast. Good dog, get that bear. Get that bear in here. The original podcast for the complete houndsman. The podcast that represents our lifestyle of extreme performance. Get up here! Yeah! 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 Good boy! Good boy, Ranger! Uniting houndsmen across the globe, from east to west, north to south. You know, if you're going to catch a cat or a lion, you know, you have to have teamwork. We take you to the wildest places on earth. Yeah, so how many days how many days a week can you spend out As much as I can to be honest with you. Anytime that I get I'm I'm out there. Join us for every heart pounding adventure on Houndsman XP. I'll tell you like I tell everyone else, I'm gonna hunt whether you're here or not, so you might as well be here. <laughs> This week on the Houndsman XP Podcast, we are coming at you with a point blank, and that means we are going behind the scenes. We are going to give you some extras. We're going to go a little deeper into some of the topics that have recently been discussed on the Houndsman XP Podcast. We've got big announcements in this episode. You're not going to want to miss that. We're going to talk about things like me being thrown in Facebook jail this last week and why I am done posting my hunting content on Facebook and Instagram. There is a better way for hunters, and we are going to lay all of that out for you in this episode. 
Without letting the cat totally out of the bag in the pre-roll, there is a part of this that we did not cover that I want to tell you about. We are partnering with Go Wild, the social media platform designed by hunters and for hunters. We are going to be giving away a Dakota 283 G3 medium kennel. Here's how you are eligible to be drawn for this prize. Go to Go Wild, set up an account. When you get that account set up, you can start posting. And when you are posting, you'll find a spot to log time. So when you listen to an episode of the Houndsman XP podcast, go to your account and go wild. Log that time as listening to the Houndsman XP podcast. Go wild is going to harvest all of that data. Keep track of all of that. And you're going to go into this big old drawing for that Dakota 283 G3 kennel. Folks, this is a $400 value, and all you have to do is register an account at Go Wild and listen to this podcast, and then post on a social media platform that was built for you. There is no Go Wild jail. Go Wild is the place to post your hunting content. Save your Facebook accounts, save your Instagram accounts, post pictures of kids for grandma over there, stay in touch with friends that don't hunt. But if you're going to post hunting content, I guarantee you, you're going to love Go Wild. Let's get down to it. It's time for the point blank. The Old South Dog Box is about to... I'm telling you, man, this is a wild episode. And the Old South Dog Box is having trouble containing the excitement here. Let's get the tailgate down. It's time to dump the box. So... What? The recorder's going. Uh, well, oh. we're all here, so I don't know what we're waiting for. I just am we'll say battling happy, against Happy microphone. Cinco de Mayo. Oh. Feliz Cinco de Mayo, amigos. Feliz. Feliz. <laughs> yeah, we are recording this episode of the Point Blank on Cinco de Mayo. And what you got in that? <laughs> what the hell is that? That's a raccoon hey, koozie. We have, hey, we have to keep this podca- podcast clean and not explicit, remember? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. But this is a koozie. So, everyone, I'm holding up to the camera a uh, raccoon. It's made out of a raccoon hide. Exactly. It's a raccoon fur koozie, and it has the tail attached. And it holds my beer, and it keeps it cold. Um, if you have... If you had a really small head, you could like flip it over and wear it for like a Daniel Boone yeah. coonskin cap. <laughs> it, it's like a it's a raccoon skull size Daniel Boone skin cap, but it's a beard. That is crazy. Isn't that looking. cool? That it's is really, really cool. So it's made lo- it's made locally um, by a uh, friend of mine, and they have a um, Wishbone Hound Supply is their company. Um, but she Erica does uh, the fur work. Well, the, nice. the making, her partner does all the fleshing and stretching and all that. So, What's in the koozie? Oh, nothing special. Just like an IPA, probably. I don't know. I got it at it Aldi. Looks like I, a, it looks like a bush light. No, I got it at Aldi. Oh, yeah, an Aldi beer. An Aldi, an Aldi, beer. Aldi IPA. It's a 100 calories, 5 grams of, grams of carbs, uh, low-cal IPA. Oh, it's only 4%. That's okay. That's we don't we don't need me getting too crazy here. So yeah, we've yeah. been down that road before. Yeah, and we have no idea what Seth is doing on his end. I have what's going on, with, Seth? I, I have the bandwidth of like a, I don't know, like a a crippled donkey. 
So I have my <laughs> webcam turned off to get the best uh, the best bandwidth here, so I'm not lagging out. But I am sitting here with an Arizona Arnold Palmer sugar free because I'm super classy like that. What do they awesome. use to sweeten it then? Sucralose, of which course. is Splenda. Which yeah. I will say, no, no, no. Do not give me that face. Splenda is the infinitely superior sugar substitute. I will say that right now to the entire world. Splenda, sponsor us. <laughs> there's like, I mean, there's so many substitutes. There's like monk fruit powder and Ugh. like all sorts of stuff. Gross. No, I want something hey, I, made I, in I a laboratory. Some, <laughs> I make. I picked up some stuff at Costco that is sweetener from agave. And that stuff is awesome. Huh. I use it in, in tea. I'm sure it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not honey or, but it is totally organic, but, um, it's made out of the agave plant. Yeah. I've seen that it's low glycemic for all you diabetic or pre-diabetic folks out there. This conversation is boring. I just put sugar on my grapefruit yesterday and I loved it. (laughs) Well, agave though. I mean, that is sugar. That's a natural sugar. Right. Yeah. It's awesome. So and it makes in tequila. My, so Cinco my, de Mayo. Oh, so you put it in your drink. <laughs> I've got um, I've got my Mexican burro here with uh, Hornitos and ginger beer and lime juice. In a copper mug. It looks very yes, classy. Absolutely. Extra classy. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Unlike my redneck koozie. <laughs> That redneck koozie is cool. Yeah, it's super awesome. Yep. And the coontail attaches over the top. So, yeah. All right. Well, hey, we're going to do a point blank. I won it at a a field trial. That's good. Yeah, Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. All right. So, we're doing a point blank and we're going to, man, I've got so much stuff to talk about. I don't know. I don't want to run the whole show, I guess, but, um, there's just a bunch of stuff to talk about. We've been doing so much stuff. We've got stuff I, coming. I think we everything. I think we start with like the weekly chaos. Like you just got out of the clink. Or you're in the clink still. No, I'm out. Oh, okay. I'm out. All right. Yep. Yeah. So Yeah, what's I your in, chaos? <laughs> <laughs> I was in Facebook jail for twenty four hours. And this is the most ludicrous, dumb, uncalled for arrest i've ever seen for for the for the history of facebook so i've got a friend of mine and that is a an active game warden and they they've been friends of mine for a long time long before i retired and they they had a post about woodpecker damage and um you know i i they were talking about all oh, these woodpeckers and they showed pictures and all these people were saying all this stuff. It's like, Oh, that's so, so unfortunate and minding their P's and Q's. And, and so this friend of mine, he's an area supervisor for the, for the state that he works in. I just said, Hey, wait and shoot them while so-and-so is at work. And some Karen in the group reported the post and got me thrown in the clinker for 24 hours for Suspended like my whole joking account. about shooting no context 
no context, no history, and there was no rebuttal to it. There was no recourse for the action. You know, they, they gave me the notification and I pushed the button of, do I agree with it or not? Well, hell no, I don't agree with it. You people are, don't even have any context to this whole deal. And, um, it was just, it's, it was stupid. And that is why my hunting content, I'm going to make this announcement on this podcast. I am done with Facebook and hunting content. If you want to see what I'm up to, you're going to have to go to go wild. Go wild is a platform. If you guys haven't found that yet, you got to find it. Go wild is 100% built and designed for us, the hunters. And, um, it's just I'm done messing around with 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 Facebook. They take they want you there. We're get we're feeding these people on a silver platter to take our data and use it against us. They're harvesting our data. They're they're doing all this other garbage. And I'm 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 they're just making money done off with us. It. Absolutely, they are. And we're just we just keep handing it over because it's the same old thing. We don't want to change. We don't want to go look at go wild because it's different. Well, you can go over to Go Wild. I'll give you a, a quick example of what happened. Um, we saw an issue collectively. This team saw an issue with with the way you posted trophies and things over on Go Wild. And we got together and... And it wasn't necessarily an issue. It was an opportunity. Let's it was it. An o- <laughs> there you go. It was an opportunity yeah. to clarify how you posted trophies with mountain lions, black bears, hogs, raccoons, whatever, whatever we're chasing with our hounds. You know, when you go into go wild and you post that trophy, you list a method and there was nothing for hounds and there was nothing for tree and free. And it was as simple as sending an email or sending a direct message to one of the founders and saying, Hey, this is an issue for houndsmen. We're not killing everything we tree. And a lot of these things we can chase with hounds and bang in no time. They had it catered to us. You don't get that out of Mark Zuckerberg and his minions out there. No, you get thrown in jail for it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I actually, speaking of that exact same vein, I reached out to the go wild team and, um, I said for the trophy section as well, for the hare, rabbit, coyote, and fox, one of the methods, sighthound, because I was going to post a picture of an awesome hare I caught. And when I went to the methods section, all I saw were firearms and bows. And I went, what? <laughs> and yeah, yeah, awesome customers, customer support. They they reached out to me the same day and uh, we walked, we talked about it and bam, now you can say that your sighthounds caught it. Yeah. So impressed. If you haven't if you haven't figured this out yet, folks, the website is time to go wild.com. Go over there and register for an account. I'm I'm done supporting people. And you don't need to go ahead. Yeah, you don't need to go to the website. I just want to point it out. It's not just a website thing. Y'all have smartphones. So you can go on your smartphone and just go to the app store um, and type in go wild and it's an app too. Set up Super an account. Easy. I'm I'm done supporting people that are continually trying to shut us down. Yeah, I agree with that. We're just serving it up on a silver platter. You know, whoever thought you couldn't say for sale on a social media platform, 
or anywhere. I was sta- I was at a coonhound event uh, a couple weeks ago, and I actually heard people standing around saying, "Oh yeah, I saw that. I saw that hound listed up for discussion on Facebook." I'm like, "What the heck are you? T- you mean you saw it for sale?" You know, I, I couldn't believe it. Do you it. mean for sell, Chris? For, for sell. Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> For sell? Oh my gosh, it's my pet peeve. <laughs> I've got a hound for sell. Russ I'm going to sail him. I'm going to sail him cheap. The one I was getting a laugh out of is well-bred, like bread, B-R-E-A-D. B-R-E-A-D. Like pond in the spirit of Cinco de Mayo. Did you guys ever see that? Did you ever see that... Um, meme that I put up with bread, bread and breed or whatever it was. Did you ever see that? Probably, but it's not vivid in my mind right now. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have to read. But I'll have to read. The Huntsman community is ripe for a ribbing as far yeah. <laughs> as um, dog for sale. She's going to be bred. You know, I'm th- we can do I'm better. Thinking about Salem, my dog. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna put that sucker mm-hmm. on a sailboat and send it out to sea, or what are you doing? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about sailing my dog. Oh man! If that ever happens, you know that I've gone even crazier than I already am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But anyway, yeah. Uh, Facebook. It's. It, I just hate being the tiptoe person. I. Facebook, Facebook, TikTok too. Facebook is a great place for me to keep up with my old classmates and you know what my, what my friends' kids are doing and things like that. But when it comes down to posting hunting content, I can't stress it enough. Those people are against us, one hundred percent against mm-hmm. us. You're not going to be able to. You take the woodpecker post comment that I made. I mean, it was my friends who I was commenting to 100% absolutely got it, okay? But you take this sideline from left field sniper shot, and it's like, boom. Oh, that's against our community standards because you're going to shoot a woodpecker. Well, I wouldn't shoot a woodpecker either. No kid. I I, I already, I did tell them. I sent them a message. I said, hey, just so you know. I got banned because one of your friends, friends in quotation marks, reported my post about shooting woodpeckers, you know, and, and she said, well, my com- my reply to your comment was, was here, you know, I can't, what'd she say? Press four, press hard four copies is what she said, which is a, a deal like you get a ticket, press hard, you're making four copies type deal. Okay, let's move on. No, I'm going to tell you right now. That went over my head. But anyway. I got some good news here. Speaking of woodpeckers, I just read that supposedly, not confirmed, but the ivory-billed woodpecker has potentially been rediscovered. It was thought to be extinct for about 50 years, 60 years. And researchers have been... Where? They've been like obsessed with trying to re-find it, basically, in the Louisiana swamps uh, for like ever (laughs) and apparently some people these researchers these ornithologists claim that they found one through calls and uh trail cam footage so we'll see it's going to be peer-reviewed but that'd be really cool 
I mean, as soon as you said woodpeckers, I thought of them. That that just came out like a you week know, ago. and Th- this will get me. Th- I was just this will get me thrown in Facebook jail again. But don't you think somebody's going to have to like shoot one and have it in hand? <laughs> so <laughs> burn so we can verify. Burn the hand is proof. Trail cameras. I think that's that's the that's the socially acceptable answer for the internet. You know, I think it just kind of talks to like I was just talking with um like my landlord. Um, they own this whole place that I'm on and the acreage that's next to me just got sold like 300 acres and now there's parceling out the tillable land and city people were looking at it today and we got to talking about conservation and how they potentially want to put this farm in like into a conservancy and you know how things are expanding and by the time I'm old there's not going to be any big tracts of land anymore and everything's going to be small and no one's going to let you hunt but then there's going to be all this wildlife conflict but they don't want you to kill anything and all this and like the discovery of this woodpecker and this conversation I had today, it's like conservation is key, like especially habitat conservation. And you see all these animal rights groups, but they're not putting any money back into buying land or anything like that for conservation purposes. Hmm. Um, I don't know. It was just something that like, I kind of felt hard after you said the, the woodpecker thing. Um, and then, but another cool thing about Facebook, kind of to tie back, I guess, to a story about me, my brother told me over the weekend that, hey, granny, granny printed, prints out some of your Facebook posts. So I'm friends with like my granny on Facebook so she can keep up with me. Chris's eyes I was just say, That's exhausting for your grandmother. You're going to age thinking. her, Lauren. Be careful. No, I'm thinking. I don't think my. How does she select which one she prints out? Because there's got to be some <laughs> yeah. she's like. Oh my word! Like, I I know that she was raised better than that. <laughs> <laughs> I think my Facebook is pretty pretty chill. Um, but she she printed out like um a why I hunt article or like post that I shared, and then she like likes to print out the pictures of me with my dogs, like me holding Ridge and stuff like that. I'm like, Oh, good to know that. Like my granny is printing out my Facebook posts. Like what is she, is she sharing them? She's scrapbooking. With, like, her book club. She, For she sure. Yeah. Her, she's scrapbooking. She like, like, it, scrapbooking. It, <laughs> does she have like, does she have like a room covered, like a beautiful mind of like just my Facebook posts or is her refrigerator covered? Oh, I need to know. Man. But I'm so busy. It's hard for it's honestly hard for me to cut, keep up with them. So that's just kind of how we, yeah, interact. I guess. Yeah. Anyway, moving along, moving forward. That's a beautiful thing about Facebook, and that's that's what I said. You know, I've got family members and stuff that are distant. That, um, you know, it's it's just a good way to stay current. But as far as hunting content, oh, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna be on Go Wild. You can follow me over there, and. Uh, posts and stuff over there and all of us are there oh great yeah 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 and i just got a smoking deal it's the best place to buy garmin stuff guys smoking deal on a brand new tt15 collar like where else can you get a brand new collar for 279 dollars no doubt yeah yeah somehow i missed that 20 percent offer that that must have happened for new subscribers Cause I've been yep. a member since last year and yeah, it's a new, I, I, it's a new thing. Well, it's not new, but it's for, it's early in your journey on go wild. I should say your so rewards. anybody oh. who's, 
Yep. Let's take some time and break this down because I have got some feedback. It's like they don't, they don't under, it's, it's different than Facebook. It's different than Instagram. It's different than all the other social media stuff, but it's much easier. And I believe that it's better. So when you sign up for go wild, you start accumulating points and those points turn into rewards and those rewards turn into discounts on gear. So you get rewards. More free stuff. Too. Yeah. Free stuff. And, and just like you said, 20% off your first go wild purchase. And if maybe I'm, maybe I'm being redundant here, go back and listen to Brad Luttrell's post or his episode that we did on go wild. He does a great job of laying it out. But it's not only a social media platform, but it's also a shopping platform. You can go in there and buy turkey calls. You can go in there and buy camp gear. Um, I've I've bought a Vortex Viper site uh, the other day. Yep, they got scopes. They got gun cleaning equipment. They got targets. They've got uh, uh, clothing, boots. And you earn discounts by making posts in that platform. So when you're active on there. You earn points, and that means you get discounts on gear. It's that easy. And plus, you're sharing your ideas with other houndsmen and other people. So the other thing that people have said, well, you know, I don't want to scroll through all the turkey hunting videos and all this stuff. Well, you can select what trails you want to follow. You can actually go in and watch a trail like houndsmen have their own trail so I can automatically go to Go Wild, select the Houndsman Trail, and keep up with everything that's going on in yep. the Houndsman world. It's easy. Super easy. But the real question mm -hmm. is, do they have dogs for sale? <laughs> I don't think, Seth, I don't think they have dogs for sale. Definitely not dogs for sale. I did see one sailing on there one time, though. I do, I do love the, first of all, the name trail mix. That's super clever. I love that. Yeah. As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, very good. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, that's my pitch and that's my, it's my pitch and my bitch. I'm, I've, it's my pitch for go wild and my gripe against social media, Facebook junk. I'm tired of, I'm tired of serving myself up to be roasted on a silver platter to these libtards that want to, no, that will like, absolutely it's cremated. It's straight up cremated. They will absolutely vote against us every time and take our rights away. And we just keep giving them stuff. We just keep dishing it up there. I'm done with to it. Talk to my granny though. <laughs> yeah. I'm still there to do that. I'm still there to do that. You know, on a totally different note, I'm going to bring this here because I'm also, I, I said earlier before we were recording that I was salty today, but I'm really not. I've actually gotten large doses of good news. This this isn't good news, but adding to the knowledge is good news. I was just reading a paper. I don't know if everyone knows this, but I really like hairs. And uh, I was reading a paper about them. Uh, of course you In are. the southern part of their range, so like southern Wisconsin, that kind of area, snowshoe hare populations are in steep decline. And what they were wondering what causes that. And the data kind of suggests that it's a camouflage mismatch. Since the snows are melting earlier, their coats aren't shedding from white to brown in time. And it's leaving them a lot more exposed to predators, which I thought. Okay. Is, I swear I saw a snowshoe hair. Yeah. Like not long well, ago. Well, I mean, how? Here. Well, that'd be. Like white. Yeah. So like, that's the thing. It was, uh, 
it was pretty cool to uh to kind of read that and just i mean it's it's a bummer right but it's really cool that that observation is being made and their ranges are basically contracting in those areas and it's kind of cool to find that reason but anyway i just thought that was kind of cool set a bummer you know, but cool do you think i coming coming up short from sounding like a real weirdo and a climb i'm not a climate change activist i'm not a denier what i think is happening is our seasons are being shifted um you know i'm seeing later in the year when i've got to start my wood stove and then you know later into spring when i need to shut it off i see yeah well i guess I, um uh, yeah, I don't know. That I mean, they, yeah. that was just and talking about anyone in Wisconsin. Um, I was up like north of Manitowoc. I was, I don't even know where I was. It was the middle of the night I'll and I was you. at a competition coon hunt and I just like followed people. So I was like, <laughs> no, like I don't even know. I was like 40 minutes, 45 minutes north of Manitowoc. Stangleville is where I was. Um, Anyway, I thought I saw a white snowshoe here. If anyone in Wisconsin knows if there's snowshoe here is up by Kiwani, I would like to know. Please message me, or was I just crazy? Thank you very much. That is my does that today. Have, does that have to be two separate questions or two separate <laughs> answers? There. If I'm crazy, or if yes, it's right. yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, we know yes. the answer to one of them yes. already. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes to all <laughs> forever and ever amen yeah baby jesus thank you <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about some uh let's talk about some recent episodes that have come up i i can't i can't help you've been killing it i've been i was so impressed with the tournament of champions the toc um it was just impressive the way that UKC has taken uh, competition coon hunting to the next level with what they're doing. It was awesome. Yeah, they're making it like, I, I kind of want to say like a luxurious event. It. Or just quality. Where I live, where I live, you know, I live uh, 72 miles from the uh, turfway. And horse racing right here is right there in Louisville where the, the downs in Kentucky. So I've been, I've been to the downs and I've been to the Derby and I mean, it's not like that. It could be just simply because it doesn't have the tradition. Well, those are different people. Yeah. But, but I want to say that UKC is making the effort to take competition coon hunting to the next level with an event like the TOC. Um, there were sponsorship banners. People felt special. Um, the competitors were there and it wasn't, um, it wasn't the normal feeling. I, I got that. I picked up on that vibe. People were, you know, kind of on the edge of their seat to see what was going to happen. And everything from the time that you, you walked to the venue, this, and if you want to hear a description of that, go back and listen to the TOC, but I mean, it, you could tell it was special, and they've gone to to ex. They've put in a lot of extra effort to make sure that people felt like it was different, and they felt like a guest. It was it was really cool. I, 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 I 
I wish I could have seen it. I mean, just looking at the pictures and I saw um, just some of the coverage and people's posts and stuff. And then the way you put the episode together and just like the feeling I got, like it was a, it was a vibe, man. It was a vibe. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it seems like a super cool event and everybody's excited to be there. And I think it kind of like chimes in with like how Josh describes like the high level PKC hunts, how, like it's just classier like when there's money involved and all that and it's just like a higher level of competition i don't know that's just the kind of feeling i got I, i'm and getting it, to do some pretty awesome traveling coming up and uh i'm really excited for it but one thing i really do want to do is travel to one of these epic coon hound hunting events because this is the part of hound hunting that is just this massive powerful and influential block in our lifestyle and i really just need to experience it because when i listen to these episodes it's it's almost like a another universe but obviously it's huge and i want to check it out so and that 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 can show up (laughs) i can't i can't agree with you more I, i would encourage i've been out west and i've hunted with houndsmen out there it but it's it's very it's more individual effort. Uh, if you look at bear hunting in the West compared to bear hunting in the East, uh, our bear hunting in the West is, is more of an individual effort. There aren't large groups of hunters hunting together. It's so vast and it's so big and the population is so spread out that it would be virtually impossible. Uh, you know, if, if, if Kevin Hall was going to go bear hunt with other people, he would have to drive three or four hours. If I drive three or four hours, I'm hunting with all the people that I want. You're hunt. almost hunting with me, yeah. like five hours right. and you're hunting with exactly. me. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so it's just so big and it's so vast, but, but there is such a, a, a divide there between East and West, North and South. I would encourage everybody to come and try to experience you know, things like autumn oaks, or if it's winter time, go to the winter classic at Batesville, Mississippi. Those events are UKC events, but they're more, more <laughs> set up. Uh, they're set up more for the person that just wants to come and have an experience. If you go to, a, if you go to the super stakes for PKC, you know, when you show up at, at Sester, Illinois, it's, it's about, or Salem, Illinois, it is about competing. You know, it's it, this, the competition scene is more serious, but uh, the UKC and the PKC are more in, inclusive type events. There's several people that, that come through and vendors set up that, that walk through those grounds that, that have no desire to compete. And PKC's a little bit of a different vibe. Oaks is amazing. Non-COVID oaks, <laughs> so autumn oaks without COVID or not during COVID times, is awesome. Um, there's like literally everything there. There's the most vendors I've ever seen. So many people, and then you get bench shows, you get the confirmation show, you get um, warm-up slam hunts. Before that, you get the actual hunt that you can spectate if you're not in the hunt. Um, and it's on like a, it's a nice place to have it too yeah jamie anderson who larry and jamie are friends of mine um good friends of mine but jamie anderson calls it the the sturgis for coon dogs 
<laughs> so, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, I could totally see that. And uh, hearts out to Jamie and um, Larry. They just lost Scarface, their dog Fly. Yeah, Fly. She was mm-hmm. a beast, man. I'm telling you what. I- yeah. I got to hunt with her. I hunted with her. She she got hurt the same day Piper got ate by that bear. She got like thirty some thirty some stitches or staples in her head that day. You know, we yeah. we hunted fly a lot while I was out there in Idaho. And um fly was all in every time. Uh Diablo, my plot, is spun out and crazy, but he and Fly would take they were the first ones in the last ones out every time fly was just a, a monster on bear tracks and, and, um, she was all in. She came from ups and stuff, right? Yep. 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 So, you know, when I was listening to, you were talking about the dichotomy of East and West. When I was listening to the podcast with the Whitaker brothers, I was like, man, I just felt like I was sitting right there. The things they were saying, the vibes they were giving out, I'd fit right in with those guys. Man, and then hearing about old Mexico, like, and then now I've seen like pictures of the oscillated turkeys. Man, just to, <laughs> yeah, those are amazing. To, to, to do the things that they've done and see the things they've seen and hunted what they've hunted. And oh man, and they're like, they're not even old. No, Josh and Jason, <laughs> I was there for their birthday. They're 42 years old. Josh told me, Josh and Jason both told me they're like, We've lived so many of our dreams. We had to we had to make up new ones, huh? Um, but that's just the kind of guys they are. There are so many layers to those guys that I could literally do a podcast with them one one a month, and it would take me years to to peel back all the layers on the Whitaker brothers. You know, Josh is a master leather worker. I posted some pictures of some uh, mountain lion chaps that he made. I looked at his leather shop. Mm-hmm. I saw those. the the Garmin holder the holsters that he makes. Yep, they're beautiful. He he work he builds he he's working on building a saddle. Uh, you know, Jason is he likes woodworking and and he collects all kinds of stuff. I mean, I can't even begin to get into the layers. And then you got Eric Sluckaber over here that, that is a partner with them too. And Eric is hunted all over the United States. He's leaving, uh, you know, he's going on brown bear hunts and I, I don't know all the different names of the different slams and, and things, but this guy has hunted from Alaska, from the Arctic circle to the equator and so much experience there. It, it was just a, it was those got the Whitaker brothers hunting, hunting companies got it going on. They really do. Yeah. Listen to that episode guys and just keep an eye out. Stay tuned. And I'll tell you something cool about uh, Jason and Josh is when they were, <laughs> there's a lot of things that are cool about them, but one of the things is <laughs> they were featured on a, you can still find it on YouTube. It's called the guides. And you can go in there and you can, I watched their YouTube channel and the, the episodes that they were on, but they're the same people on camera as they are off camera. And, um, when they were in old Mexico, they taught themselves Spanish. They, they just decided they needed to know Spanish (laughs) and they taught themselves Spanish. 
and I had and I had just I had to be taught Spanish since the fourth grade through college to what I graduated. Yeah, in. but you're probably I can't teach myself. I- but your Spanish is probably still better than theirs. But the thing is, like maybe after a week, <laughs> Josh would Josh and Jason would you know, hear a word or a phrase and they would take a notebook and they would write that, that phrase down and find out, you know, and then they would implement it in there. Those guys can speak Spanish. And they they were talking about like uh, some of their hunting leases and stuff were on ranches owned by the cartel, different cartels. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I don't know. I do not. I'm not sure I want to do this. Oh man. No, that's the thing I could tell you are scared. It's all about just being smart, dude. I I was really happy with how they were describing it. They were just like, yeah, it's just don't be dumb and you're not near any problems and it's super safe out in the wild. I got, I got lots of family that live there. You live in, in the land of outlawness and like cartelness. Yeah. So I mean, it felt really at home. You grew up. (laughs) Yeah, you grew up in that stuff, and like me, like little white girl from the city in Milwaukee, like yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I just—it's really just about minding your own business, making sure you're not being stupid, and being in areas where you're not going to be in the path of trouble. And and yeah, New Mexico is—I mean, statistically really sketchy, but I—I've never felt endangered ever. Really, it's just—I mean, yeah. You know, they, I think I think it's all. I, it. <laughs> I think it's all a matter of you know, what you're used to. Cause, cause have you ever taken somebody that, well, Lauren, you could relate to this, you know, growing up in a metropolitan area, the first time you go out to uh, their, their definition or, or their uh, interpretation of what a wild area is much different than someone who grew up in it. So we would get people that come, come here from Indianapolis <laughs> and, and they would think they were in the middle of nowhere and they'd show up with all their survival gear and all this stuff. It's like, dude, we're in Bear Branch, Indiana. You know, <laughs> you don't need, you don't really need that fire starting Do you- <laughs> equipment. But if that makes you feel good, go for it. But I've actually seen, you know, people from metropolitan areas come to the wild areas, this rural, rural community that I live in, and they think they are in the middle of the, you know, the, the rainforest in South America where there or the Serengeti. <laughs> I mean, during the day, I don't think I'm like totally, well, I'm not scared anymore, like at all, but like, but you used to be the first time I ever went hunting at night, but used to be, I'm telling that story. The first time I ever went hunting at night by myself, it was when I had Maggie and I went to a County park, probably like, 30 minutes from my house, which I don't know if I was supposed to be there, but whatever. Um, and we were, <laughs> I lasted 15 minutes guys. That's it. And I like, there were like, not even like weird sounds. Like maybe I heard an owl. I don't even know, but it was dark and I was alone for the first time. And I was scared out of my pants. I was like, Nope, we're done. I called her back and we, we went to the, the car <laughs> And that was it. Uh, didn't treat coon, like barely let the dog hunt because I was so scared. What were you scared of? I don't know. I think, I, I think, well, for a long time, I was really scared of coyotes. Um, when I first started hunting, now I'm not scared of them things at all, right. but 
um, I was really scared of coyotes and I just didn't know. I was like scared. Like the boogeyman was going to be out there like (laughs) for a couple times. Like, I'm not even kidding. I was scared that there was some like creepy rapist that like hung out in parks and would like come and like murder me and rape me or maybe in a different order. I don't know. But yeah, you watch a lot of Stephen King. Have you watched a lot of Stephen? No, and I, not at all. I was always Nothing. too scared. Nothing. I'm not gonna lie. I was always too scared. My brother would sit around and watch like Friday the Thirteenth and stuff down in the basement. It's like that was not my deal. Horror that, is the dumbest genre too. All of those things can be fixed with the Second Amendment. I swear. Like I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I don't care, man. <laughs> I don't care. That stuff was too creepy for me, and I didn't want to deal with that dark side because the devil will get you and I am out of here. It's not happening. And, and two nights ago, I'm, uh, I was hunting two of my dogs at a property I have permission on. And I like looked at my Garmin cause I saw lights coming towards me and I'm like, yeah, they're definitely still on the property I have permission. And it was two side-by-sides with like huge light bars just coming towards me. And I'm like, I'm supposed to be here. It's okay. And I just walk up to him. I don't know who's in those things. I don't know what they want to do. But I just walk up to him. I cover my lid. I'm like, hey, I'm just out here coon hunting. My name's Lauren. I got permission from so-and-so. And Oh, uh, we're serial uh, rapists from Milwaukee. We're glad <laughs> yeah, to see you. We drove out here oh, in murder, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they thought someone was getting killed out there. They're like, we just want to make sure no one was getting killed out what here. We didn't know. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, sometimes people think my dogs are like hurt when they don't know what coon hounds sound like, you know, when they're treeing or bang or on track or whatever. And then by the end of it, they were like, yeah, kill them all. You know, we just wanted to know what was going on out here. This is my dad. This is, yeah. you know, I'm they're just nosy. This is my dad, Warren. They're nosy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll give you, I'll give you my scared of the dark story. Um, and this didn't happen that long ago. I've been, you know, I was hunting a neighbor's property. It's a place I've hunted several times and uh, dog was trailing down this ridge. He got, gets treed and all of a sudden I was shining my light around and there's eyes all around me. And all these eyes are about, you know, 10 inches apart. And my neighbor is a cattle farmer and Jeff had, had, so let me, let, let me get back. I'll get to that part. So I'm looking around, I'm surrounded by cows and all of a sudden they start snorting and bellering and oh, carrying no. on. And I'm just like, Holy crap. And one of these, one of these cattle, I couldn't see what they were. I could just see lights. They're charging at the tree. And I'm, I run, I've got my hound leash, this young dog leash. And I run around the tree to avoid this cow. I thought it was a cow. At the time, I run around the tree to keep the tree between me and this bovine creature that's trying to root me into the ground. And finally, I get a little lead and I run about three, uh, it felt like 300 yards. It's probably more like 50. But I jump over the fence. The hounds, they're, they're on their own. If you make it out there, good for you, buddy. <laughs> I, I dive over the electric fence and land in the corn stubble. Over or under? No, over. It was just oh yeah. It was just a two strand, two strand electric fence. So okay. it wasn't an amazing feet. You know, it, it was probably only about seven feet. But uh, <laughs> oh 
lord. But anyway, I end up out here. I get the hound. Were you the hound? How fast were you trucking? Uh, as fast as I could. It was a little. It was about. <laughs> it was about ten years ago. So I was in a little better shape then. And I'm trucking up through there. Jump over this fence. The hound is like, I'm with you, buddy. I'm coming with you. <laughs> he scoots under the fence. I grab him up by the leash. And I'm standing there. And I start looking around. And it's a bunch of young bulls that Jeff had put in this in this springtime pasture that they they weren't probably gonna hurt me at all, other than that one that was feeling his oats. But I called Jeff. I was like, dude, you gotta tell me. I, I guess I need to be calling you and finding out what pastures you're running your bulls in. Oh but, man. Oh, uh, it was one of those deals. It's like that that old deal where uh you see that science like no trespassing, the bull can make this pasture in 3.5 seconds type thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you can do it faster, you'll be okay. That's exactly what it was like. I had a similar experience. But, to that. but you knew right away that it was cows because of the position. Yeah. Oh yeah. Guy. yeah. As soon yeah. as you said that, yeah, I knew okay. they were cows. Yeah. I've had a similar experience to that. We were thermal pig hunting and uh we we could see the, the pigs through the thermal and I started stalking in this group of pigs that was, it was a large group and we were in this super thick mesquite area. It was very thick. And uh, my buddy behind me had his thermal monocular watching me stalk in and I had my thermal on my rifle scope. So I started moving in on this group of three pigs and I knelt down to take a shot and I just getting ready and I heard a snuffling sound to my right and I spun my thermal around and there was two, two boars standing about, eh, 15 feet away from me to the left 80 pound piglets they were telescopically and, and so no i knew i knew they weren't <laughs> i knew they weren't little guys because at this point i'd slayed a bunch of them and i just shot immediately like i just whipped around i could hear them breathing they were so close i just shot the one on the right and as soon as it did the brush just exploded with wild hogs and they just started running all over the place and some were running by me guys straight up this is not a time for me to front I, I just ran. <laughs> I would have like curled up in the fetal I just, position I got up and, and, run and the, died. The only words I could utter was, hey, I was just like, hey, 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 hey. And just <laughs> running back <laughs> from where I came from, just yelling, hey, 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 hey. And oh anyway, God. yeah, it was freaking crazy. That's one of the only times I've ever been scared. Um, when we were kids, when we were in high school, everyone was always joking about the hills have eyes. That was like a horror movie. And it was yeah. shot yeah. in New Mexico. And it's based on the people that were downwind of the Trinity test, the atomic bomb test, which is a true story, by the way. There was tons of people that were irradiated by the nuclear testing for the atomic bombs that were then dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So anyway, yeah, we'd always joke like the hills have eyes. People are out here. Like the downwinders are stalking you. But like, that was, that was the only time we were like spooked at night, but being, being surrounded by wild hogs is incredibly creepy. But yeah. Otherwise. Yeah. The only other time I was scared was when I heard a wolf in the Northern kettle Moraine and had to walk out myself because my other two hunting partners had to go find their dogs. So I haven't had any crazier experience, but, but like you guys have experience with like cattle and like other animals, like stuff like that. Like, I don't have a whole lot of experience with like that. Like if I had to deal with a bull, like, uh, I don't know what I would do. Oh I, my yeah. God. I would run, run and I would fence. jump an electric <laughs> fence. <laughs> the, I'll tell you one of the craziest deals. I mean, it's not even something that, that you even think about being worried about. But we were hunting around this uh, pasture 
we were coon hunting, hunting around this pasture, and these people kept goats. And um, as we're, the, the dogs got in the goat pen and treated raccoon, we're standing in the goat pen, and these goats just, they're like curious. They're just walking stiff-legged, and they're walking up to us, and they're looking at us. All of a sudden, out of this herd of goats comes the billy goat, and this billy was bent on protecting his herd. And it was so funny. My buddy was running around this tree. He was trying to climb this tree. <laughs> we dropped the leashes. We're, and I'm throwing my, I'm jumping as high as I can and grabbing the lower limbs on this eight inch tree and swinging myself up in it. And I made it up in there and I'm watching my buddy just like dodge this billy goat and run around trees and stuff and this billy was bent on just wearing him out <laughs> and it was so is before the sun if you would have today it would have made an awesome tiktok video i'm telling you it billy was, goats it was are just, you would have gotten like 3.2 oh my gosh sure. billy goats are right at the right angle and height to absolutely destroy a human male if you catch my drift i have seen goats ram people straight in the nuts oh it's hilarious Oof. <laughs> oh my gosh that it's almost like you wish you would have carried a journal around with you for the last several years and just recorded some of this stuff that you've seen. And, and when you're out there in the dark and your imagination is going wild, you know, a, a mouse running through the dry leaves yes. sounds like a lion preying on you. And... Yep. <laughs> well, a turkey has scared the crap out of me before. Oh, yeah. I've mentioned it in like a random podcast because I did not know when I first started hunting that turkeys roosted in trees. I thought they were just turkeys, you know, on the ground and doing turkey things. <laughs> <laughs> uh... So, like, it was like pterodactyl moment, like freaking Jurassic Park, you're going to die. And I'm in the middle of this creek you know, thigh deep in muck and this turkey goes whoosh, whoosh. And I'm like, ah! I'll tell you, anyway, I'll tell you what though. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many, when that turkey takes off from the, from the roost at night, if they're right over your head, if you don't jump, then I'm going to say you're a liar because you do. It <laughs> no. doesn't matter. It's like, it's like grouse flushing or whatever. I mean, I've had woodcock flush in front of me while you're walking through this area in the dark and you see that it, it just whoosh, takes off. And I mean, it takes you back for a second. It really does. Ours is Havelina's flushing. You oh man. A, a group of those. You know what? Screw those Havelina. You, oh my you jump Lord. A pack of those at night. You're going to be, you're going to be fleeing. It's, it is intimidating. Teeth yeah. clacking, snorting, running in every direction. You remember when they ran by us, Lauren? Yes, I do <laughs> vividly. <laughs> it is pretty cool. They're they're crazy. I like them a lot. But anyway, yeah. Hey everybody, while we are on the subject of supporting companies that support you, I'm going to tell you about two companies right now. The first one is Dogs Are Treated. You've heard about their paws are protected, dogs are hydrated, their high quality leashes and tieouts, but I want to tell you what Kevin and Nancy do for you as a houndsman and how they support you. They sponsor your field trials, especially in the West. They are donating prizes. They are there. They are spending their money on things that are important to you, and you should support Dogs Are Treat. You can find all of their high-quality products on their website at dogsartreat.com. They are also carrying our Houndsman XP logo wear over there. 
and use the promo code HXP 20% off and you will get 20% off your order. Again, Houndsman XP supports your lifestyle. That's why we do what we do. So visit Dogs Are Treat at dogsartreat.com. Another company. So I just came back from Black and Tan Days and Briar Creek Kennel was on the grounds. They were selling all of the, They had their whole trailer there. They were selling their lights. They were selling their leashes. Anything and everything that a houndsman needs is available from Briar Creek Kennel. But let me tell you how they were supporting you. Jim Ridge was outside the trailer there and he was hustling uh, you. He got me too because that's the way Jim is. He was selling raffle tickets for a giveaway. Briar Creek was giving away a light to support youth programs. We all know how important it is for the youth and the future of our sport. Last week, you heard me interview a 13-year-old houndsman at the TOC. What Briar Creek is doing is going to get more youth involved in hunting. So check out Briar Creek at shopbriarcreek.com. One more shout out here, and then we're going to get back to the point blank. But I want you to check out Freedom Hunters. And there is a reason why we support Freedom Hunters. Obviously, it is the patriotic thing to do. We should all be thankful for the sacrifices that our active duty and our veterans of the U.S. military have made for us. If you can't, go away. I don't need to talk to you. You don't need to listen to this podcast. I'm just going to lay it out there. That's how passionate I am about supporting our military. But Freedom Hunters, why is it important? Because we take these guys and we are putting, they're looking for something to do. So we take these veterans and expose them to the values of hunting with hounds. We get the opportunity to share with them our excitement and show them what we are doing with their sacrifice. So we are still coordinating hound adventures with Freedom Hunters. You can go to freedomhunters.org. And send a message over to Anthony. You can also contact me directly if you want to host an event. And it doesn't have to be big. It could just be you taking a couple veterans out on a raccoon hunt, a lion hunt, a bobcat hunt, whatever it is. It's really easy. We'll take care of the logistics. We'll get you a a couple veterans lined up that are interested in going with you. And you just take them out and show them a good time. Let them see what you do every day. Go to freedomhunters.org. And you can get plugged in today to start paying it back to America's heroes from field to field. Well, hey, talking of crazy things, I got I just got back from Somerset, Kentucky. I went down there for the American uh, Hunting Terrier Association uh, annual event. It's the Yog Terrier chapter, and um, that was a that was a pretty cool little event. It was. Um, the whole thing intrigues me. Terrier like trials and these like wooden box line things that they put these dogs in. And yeah. So let me describe the, the tunnel work tests that they do. Um, it's probably about, it's a, it's a 12 foot square section. I think it's probably 14 inches by 14 inches tunnel that they put up. And then you go down uh, probably 12 feet. And there is a 90 degree turn to the left. You go another 12 feet, there's a 90 degree turn to the right. Go another 12 feet, there's a turn to the left. And then you get into the home stretch where you've got a a raccoon at the end of the, the tunnel. So when they're doing these terrier tests, 
they line their dogs up at the end of the tunnel and they release them. I think they have to be 12 inches back and you release the terrier. And then it's a timed event, how long it takes it to navigate the tunnel system and bring the game to bay at the end. Um, the, the raccoon is kept in a safe deal. So there's no, it's a no contact deal, but the, the rat, the, the terrier is fully aware that the raccoon's there. So that was kind of cool. And one of the things that, um, really intrigued me about it was the intensity of these terriers. They're, they're intense to another level. I mean, were you expecting it or were you surprised or, or what? Um, there were some that, that really surprised me. There were others that. And they were all yogs. No, no, oh, okay. they had. So we had dachshund. There were dachshunds there. There were, there were Jack Russell terriers, old country, Jack Russell terriers, broken coat, uh, longer haired Jack Russells. There were Patterdales. There were border terriers. There were fell terriers there. There were there was a variety of hunting breed terriers that were on site. Now, one of the things that was a disappointment was um, there were there were a handful of you know when you meet a guy that likes to hunt, and then you know guy there were some groupies there too that just like to say that they had terriers. Yeah. Um, so I think you, there's you the same get thing it. in the coonhound world. Yeah. Yeah, so, but the guys that hunted, you could tell that they were using those dogs for hunting purposes. And um, that was really, that was really in, intriguing to me to meet these guys. So I met a guy by the name of Tony Collins, and he had a bunch of broken coat. He's from East Tennessee, had a bunch of broken coat dachshund that just absolutely ate that tunnel work up. I mean, the dogs have got good <laughs> That's mouths. Awesome. Describe what yeah. a hunting dachshund are they? Do they look like a AKC dachshund or do they have more moderate mm, features? No, or no, 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 no. These are bigger boned, um, intense type dachshunds that are waiting to go find something to shred. <laughs> and, do they um, fit the breed standard or are they bred outside of like the normal that's what I like meant. registry yeah. standard? Do they, are they taller or are they are they just okay? Taller? Yeah, all right. Let me down. try let me try to break this down. So these dachshunds were broken coats, so they were longer haired. They were bigger than the typical overfed wiener dog that you see uh being held by some fat lady in a waiting room yep. at the vet's office. Um, that's trying to bite your ankles. Yeah. That's just like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> these, these, they were, they were pretty chill as far as drive goes. They, they knew when it was time to hunt, they knew when it was time to chill. Um, uh, so this, it looked like a shaggy dachshund. Uh, the, the bone structure was a little bit bigger. The heads were a little bit bigger than your typical wiener, AKC wiener dog. And, um, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty I've, pretty cool. I've always known the wire hair dachshunds that people are hunting just from like there's a lot of people in the falconry community that use them. They call them teckles. T E C K E L. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know if that's what you saw, but they're they are pretty gnarly. People love them for getting in there and rooting out stuff out of well, terrier work, yeah. 
Hey, let me see if I got. I'll, I'll send you guys a picture while we're talking about it. But uh, um, yeah, Tony and his 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 dachshunds were were pretty were pretty cool. I'm gonna send it to you right now so you get an idea of what we're talking about. Now, someone tagged you in a picture. It was either on Go Wild or our Facebook group that they met you at the. It was Instagram. Instagram. Oh, Instagram. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, I just sent it to you, and you can get an idea of what I'm talking about. But but after talking to Tony and stuff, you know, and you know when you're talking to a guy that hunts, and you're talking to a guy that just likes to say he's got terriers. And I guess toxins really don't qualify as terriers. I, I don't know if they're, they're groundwork dogs, they're, they're groundwork dogs. Yep. And um, these old dogs were intense. As I walked around the... As I walked around the grounds and I saw different terriers tied out, yogs and patterdales, you know, some of them were just kind of spun out and crazy. The dachshunds were just kind of focused and laid Off back. Switch. Yeah. Yep. Yep. For sure. They're but, uh, cool looking dogs. I see this picture now. Yeah. And that's a good picture in general. Yep. <laughs> so they got the wire hair on the face. Their hair is a little bit longer on the sides. Um, you know, for, still on top, but you can tell they're just a little bit like wiry and that helps keep them cleaner though, too. You know, when I have wiry hounds, like Piper, it has more of a wiry coat on top. It just, the stuff just falls off of her. Yeah. Yeah. The diversity yeah, so- in dogs is just unbelievable. I mean, that thing and Strider are the same species. I, right? It's unbelievable to me. I just find that amazing. And like the genetics are so close. Well, I mean, yeah, they can. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Chris, Chris, were they your favorite? Were the wire hair dachshunds your favorite? Um, I don't know because I, I can't say that I know that as far as I appeal. No, they weren't. Uh, but when I talked to Tony about he's had yogs, he's had patterdales and he's had dachshunds and he said he likes his dachshunds better than anything he's had. Um, he's coon hunting them. He's, he's Whoa. doing a lot of different, does some blood trailing work with them. And I think that's the biggest push for these. And these are all imported doc, uh, dachshunds from, uh, the Eastern Bloc, So Serbia, places like that, Poland. And, um, so he's, he's, he's looking at it through a different lens than I am. I'm looking at it through a very amateur type lens. So mm-hmm. I, I really don't have enough information to um, form it an opinion. Your, it was like your introduction to the lifestyle there. Do what? It was your introduction to that lifestyle. Yeah, there. it really was. It yeah. really was. You know, I, I went there just looking for information and looking for an insight into what trips these guys trigger, you know, mm-hmm. How did you um, find out about it? Through just James Mills is the president of that, that organization. And his name came to me through Alex Christie oh, for, okay. for Yog for Terriers. So I'd called him and talked to him and he told me about this event coming up and it's only three hours from the house. So Carrie and I decided to go down and spend the week and, uh, Southern Kentucky, which is a pretty cool area on its own with Cumberland, Cumberland, uh, Lake and, and the falls and just everything going on down there. So, 
it was kind of that open-ended deal. I didn't know what to expect. And I told her when we, when we were going, I was like, Hey, if this thing sucks, we'll spend, How? we'll spend, we'll spend an hour there. Yeah. We'll sky out there. There's plenty of other stuff to do. Yeah. How so, often has she been to like your, the dog events that you go to and now you're bringing her to like a dog event, you know, nothing about, and you're showing up. She's no rookie. Let me put it that okay. way. More, okay. than, more than she wants to. <laughs> uh, uh, Sounds very familiar. Yeah. So, but it's not like she's completely like out of her comfort zone and has never been to something like that. No, 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 no. Okay. No, she was a 4 H. She's a 4 H uh, dog obedience instructor. And okay. So she, she kind of was intrigued by a lot of it. <laughs> I did and cake decorating in 4 H. Next time uh, in Somerset, you better let me know. That's where my ancestors are from. My family lives 20 minutes north of Somerset. I, I've been in Somerset a bunch. Everything you're saying, I've seen all that. I've, I've spent a lot of time in Somerset and Eubank. So, yeah. And that's a, that's a cool area, man. The, 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 the difference between where I'm from and there, it always blows me away. But I, um, dang, And I'm always perfect. willing to take a vacation. I've yeah. got lots of vacation time. Um, but I was saying I did cake decorating in 4-H and KB showing, which is guinea pigs. Um, <laughs> I really wish that I would have branched out and like not been in suburbia 4-H and like known more about it. But yeah. Cake decorating and guinea pig showing was the Well, my wife, Carrie, has her 30-year. So 4-H, you get a pin at five years and 10 years. Well, we always joke that my wife has her 30-year 4-H pin because uh-huh. she has never given it up. When the girls were showing 4-H goats and Jake was showing uh, 4-H hogs and different stuff like that, the hogs were kind of me and Jake's deal, but she was very familiar. I want to, I'll give you this quick story. This is a crazy story. Um, my wife is 100% raised on a farm girl. And, um, so we were having, the goats were all bred and they were having kids. They were kidding. And, uh, the girl, my daughters would get up all night long and go out to the barn and check on their, on their, on their nanny goats and make sure that they were doing okay. Well, Emma comes back in one night and Emma was probably, 17 at the time and my wife's very she's a she's a very petite built lady and her hands are small her arms are small emma's built more like me you know she's she's a little i don't how do you say that she's, she's not got a little petite. She's yeah normal. she's not petite um you're tall uh somewhat not real tall no, you're taller than me yeah <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, this Brooklyn, Emma's first goat is having a kid and the co- the kid is breached. And so it's cold out and we're all out there in the barn and we're looking and, and Carrie's like, I can turn that, I can turn that kid and get it pointed out the same way. My wife, who absolutely hates the cold, she's wearing a wife beater underneath her uh, coverall Carhartt coveralls. She unzips those coveralls, takes the sleeves, ties them around her waist. I'm standing there. We've got a tube of lubricant right there. She lubes up her arm and shoves her hand up this goat's (laughs) rear end all the way up there, turns this goat around and pulls this goat out. When she was first starting, Emma and I are like, our hands are too big. We can't do this. And Carrie's like, I can do it. I got and this. I got this. Uh, it's, and she's just it's like, a compa- boom. It's, 
it's the compassionate mother in her. Like, absolutely. She has been in the birthing position before. She knows what this goat mama is going through. She knows this little kid with that. What's it called? Kid, kid. kid. Yeah, kid. Yeah. Needs to get the the f out. And she's like, I'm, "This is my this is my time to shine." She's pulled cat. I've watched her pull baby calves and stuff. She slept in the barn one night all night with with her mare when she was a teenager on the loft of the barn in case her mare had problems. So I'm not sure how we went down this path, but no, she's no stranger to this sort of stuff. I I'm had to stick. It- I'm not letting this path go. First of all, I have been there, Carrie. I know how you feel. I've delivered pigs. The first pig I ever delivered, we named him Sethy. All right. <laughs> was it a boy or a girl? It was a boy. And okay. uh, and then also, Chris, I'm going to put you on the spot because I was in 4-H for many, many years. Do you still remember what the 4-H's are? Oh, man. The 4-H's are... No, I don't. But I can't hey. sing the 4-H song. Carrie will know. Head, over hill, over dale, we hell. will hit the 4-H trail as we club folks keep swinging along. <laughs> it's a high, yep. high he and a 4-H club for me. Shout out your numbers loud and clear. 4-H. There you and go. Head, heart, hands, health. Oh, yeah. I pledge I pledge my head to clear thinking, yep. my heart to greater loyalty, my hands to greater service. Yep. Sur- yeah. Yep. I mean, that's a mantra we should all still live by. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. I loved 4-H. I showed goats. I showed uh, I showed boar goats, and yeah, I had a goat named Maple, and she had a kid named Syrup. But I did not have to pull out Syrup <laughs> from Maple. She totally delivered on her own. Um, I was at the ice cream stand getting my dinner before I went coon hunting the other night, and I had bought a pint of Maple Syrup at the Lions Breakfast on Sunday the the weekend before and i opened my door to like kind of deal with my truck while i was waiting for my food and my maple syrup dumped out of my truck the jar broke on the street (laughs) and it was a mess and it was so sad and and then i had to clean it up and thankfully the ice cream stand had a hose that reached to my truck so i could spray it all down and pick it all up but Small hand story, back when I was like a teenager, my grandpa had a 1972 Corvette Stingray, and my hands were the only one that could fit into the gas tank and around to this area to like pick something off for like a filter. I don't even know what it was, but I had to stick my hand in there and I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, we used to we used to spend a lot of time at the skate park and there was this guy who would always walk his ferrets on a leash. He had a hook for a hand. He'd always give us candy and stuff. Dude, you grew up in the weirdest, like, and he would always drink Mrs. Butterworth syrup, like from the bottle. And I just thought that guy was was he a tweaker? You know what? Honestly, he was really a nice dude. And I know everyone's thinking, "Oh, you took candy from a stranger," but it wasn't creepy. He was just Uh, like, "Oh." And the dude with the the dude with the hook, that's that makes it creepy right there. No, no, like he was super cool. I'm pretty sure he was a vet, and he would just always have a huge satchel full of like Snickers bars, and they were wrapped. Yeah, like they were like individual, like the fun size. You go back and find all the friends that hung out with you, and you get their stories, and then you tell me. (laughs) They might have gotten they might have gotten candy roofied, and you never knew. Whatever, that's exactly right. On a leash and a hook for a hand, and he drank syrup. Okay. 
That guy was cool, man. No, nah, yeah, he was he was straight up, dude. He was special. Rick, wherever huh? you are, I miss you, dude. Special. <laughs> anyway, oh, that's my, my stupid. God. That's my um, stupid story. No one has day. commented on the fact <laughs> that this koozie fits perfectly on top of my bun on my head. Just saying, this koozie that I, I had earlier. I was too yeah. busy staring into Chris's dreamy eyes. I feel like it's like a mini Russian hat with like a coontail. That's a new fashion statement right there for sure. So, all right. So I want to give a little preview because a week from, well, later this week, actually, um, this is, you guys have got a show coming out. Yep, we do. It's going to happen one way or another. No, it's happening. (laughs) I already got segments out. So guys, stay tuned. We got a show coming out. We're not gonna we're not gonna be too descriptive. Uh, Lauren wants it to be an epic surprise, but we do have a show coming out. We have, I got lots of. I'm gonna I'm gonna hijack this real quick. We got lots of cool content in the works right now. One of them, yes, is uh, a show that me and Lauren are producing. That is gonna be a bunch of cool stuff. It's gonna be it's gonna have something for everybody, and we mean that. And also. Um, Thanks to Freedom Hunters, I'm going to be going to British Columbia next week. And you are be... the chosen one. I you am are the, the lucky. One. You are the vaccinated. Chris was like, I need, <laughs> I need, I need someone who's spunky, willing to learn, high energy, and acquiesce to the government so that yeah, <laughs> keep his job. Somebody's and, got their pokes. I don't so... blame you for doing it though, because of your mother-in-law, like. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it goes a lot deeper than just keeping my yeah. job, but, uh, yeah. Anyway, so I am feeling unbelievably blessed and fortunate. So I'm going to be going up to Smithers, British Columbia and Smither be, me timbers. Yes, ma'am. I'm going to be following some, some hounds. I'm very excited. So stay tuned patrons. There's going to be, gonna be in, hunting, Seth. Huh? What are you going to be on black bears, black bears in the black bear. Now have you asked what the black bears look like up there? Black. Do they look? Do they look <laughs> black? Do they not know. look black? They could be color phase bears. I'm not sure, but yeah. I mean, we'll find out when I'm looking at them. I hope I'm notoriously bad luck for pe- for hunters. So we'll see. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna jinx it and too much. But don't pretty... push yourself too hard. If you don't need to run, don't run because yeah. of your condition. <laughs> <That's an answer laughs> <for>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, just be careful. Yeah. Always. Um, uh patrons stay tuned i'm going to be taking copious amounts of media way more than when i went to oregon i'm going to be taking video audio um i'm going to be taking uh uh video audio why am i missing there's another one here podcast Uh, Uh, i'm going to be recording yeah yeah stay tuned for that hello the thing i'm doing when i work for this group the thing we're doing right now you know coming forward for this and uh, i'm really excited it's going to be totally totally new for me did you get and, a new uh, phone yet? Huh? No, I have not got no. a new phone yet. <laughs> Do it I, before that because like sometimes you might not have your GoPro ready to go. I know you've got that and you've got your epic camera, but like, yeah. Have you been just, seeing some of the media I've been getting with that new camera, that new GoPro? No, because I need, to, I don't have access to Patreon right now. So what? that means. All right. Well, I'll yeah. fix that. Well, well fix everybody, that. that's another thing too. If you're, if you're not on the Patreon page, you guys need to go check it out because I fans reach out and they're like, Hey, I want to see videos of your speed dogs. And I'm like, yo, I don't post those videos anywhere except Townsman XP's Patreon page. And I've been dropping some sweet footage. I got a GoPro hero 10 black. And when I say that thing is next 
level. GoPro, you're badass. The the stabilization of that thing is unbelievable. And so you know how crazy it gets in the buggy. You know how bumpy it can get. And uh, man, that thing is just perfectly steady. So I've been getting this amazing 4K footage of my dogs running and it is on the Patreon page. Yeah. Guys. So yeah. I took, you know, I've been it's, taking it's- it's so cool just to see those dogs work. And like people will come up to me like at the field trials because they know we're associated and they're like, man, you got to go see Seth. And they're like, I would love to see those dogs go like that just looks so cool. And I'm like, yeah, it is like it's freaking mind blowing because like our dogs, my dogs, it's you can't even compare it. It's just totally different. And it's just a completely wowing experience. I love so, it. You know, check I, it I've out been, on Patreon, guys. Yep. Go there. And there's a uh, there's also tailgate talks going on all the time. And uh, thanks to the fans, guys, there's been fans reaching out to me. I, I got another one coming up soon that I'm really excited to post. So it's gonna, it's gonna, it's just getting better and better, guys. And so stay tuned for that. The BC experience. That's gonna be awesome. And uh, I can't when is that Seth? That is from the 15th to the 22nd. So there will be stuff being posted to the Patreon page as I'm there. So I'll, Chris, I'm getting a new phone, just so you know. It's happening. Cool. I think I've harassed him enough about it that maybe that has set in. Yeah. Because I finally upgraded for my little schmeasley little iPhone 8. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's like using a Sam, Samsung Galaxy. His was worse than mine. Yeah, his is like a Motorola flip phone. Mine <laughs> is like a brick powered by a beat down donkey on a wheel. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> it's terrible. Anyway, so yeah, stay tuned, guys. Um, and uh, I'm really pumped about the footage. So check it out and all kinds of other cool bonus material and behind the scenes HXP stuff. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I didn't bring up the about the terrier trial, I want to circle back to that real quick. Was I met this I met this dude from he was a huntsman in England. He's 75 years old. And so he was there in the in the UK pre-band and hunted with all these different things. He's written two books on ter- called Terriers and Terrier Men, volume one and volume two. There's well over a hundred in uh, interviews that he did with these different that he features and he did these interviews that he did with these individuals showcasing all different types of terriers. And I learned so much from this guy in just a very short time. Um, he makes walking sticks, which are very big in England, um, in the old country. And he, he custom Cast bronze hound heads and different things on these on these walking sticks with stag horns, and I've got one at the house, which I'll be featuring very shortly on social media on Go Wild, by the way. Um, and but the other cool thing is uh, there was another guy there that made hunting horns out of cow's horn. So this guy's name is John Broadhurst, that is the terrier guy. And he could take the cow's horn and blow all of the different calls of the fox hunt. The start of the hunt, and I don't even know what they're all called. I'm going to get into this with a podcast with him. This is kind of foreshadowing some episodes that are coming up. But recall, um, just everything. He was was just blowing this horn like a master trumpet player 
and and all of those sounds that he made with that horn meant something in the fox fox hunting world. Huh. The other thing that he and the dogs does, are trained for each of those different. Absolutely. Oh so my gosh, the there, thing there's that, no way. Like, I need to up my game. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I think I think a lot of times Americans we think, okay, he's a terrier guy, he's a hound guy, but we fail to bridge the gap of how instrumental the terrier was to the fox hunt in, in the old country. And, and we only, only think of it as, Oh, that's a terrier guy. So he's a groundwork guy. Well, the fox hunters used the terrier guy when the fox would go to ground, then they would call in the terrier man and he would try to get that fox to bolt from its hide. And then they would, they would, they would go ahead and they'd run that fox again. Or sometimes the fox wouldn't bolt. And then they they would have to to dig the terriers out because they would go in there and fight fight the fox to the death. But if you're if you're looking for these uh, books, if you're interested, I'm going to feature him in a podcast coming up here really really soon, and it's going to be uh, an overview of old world hunting versus how we hunt in the United States and some of the takeaways and how we developed our hunting styles here based on that. But man, this guy is a wealth of knowledge. And he now he's he lives in the United States. He lives on the coast, or he lives in North Carolina. He hunts bear on the on the coast of North Carolina. So does he still use the horn? Uh I don't know. I did not ask that question, but I know that he is um still very much involved. He hunts bear and um just a wealth of knowledge on terror. Looking forward to it. It's yeah, really it's cool, Chris. Yeah. It's really cool to see you so jazzed up doing something new. It kind of reminds me of me, but just like a lot older and more weathered. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I but mean, yeah, it is cool to see, to see. I can tell how pumped you were and how, and how jazzed up you were to be a student. I, I That's awesome. I yeah. Mean, yeah. I, also, yeah. Lauren, you're not allowed to come back to New Mexico until you're like, Reggie, come and like blow a horn instead of going, Reggie, come here. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> you well, first of all, horn. whenever I'm calling him to come, it's never Reggie. It's only yeah, Reggie when point. I like want to pet him and it's like, Reggie boy, hey, big boy. I know. I was giving when you I'm the like, benefit of the doubt. <laughs> Hey, I'm doing what works for me now over the course of, you know, my lifetime. I'm going to learn more things and become better at being a houndsman and become better at training and handling my dogs. I am by no means an expert and my dogs are by no means good. <laughs> I, speaking of horn blowing, um, there's a guy on Meat Eater named Kevin Murphy. He's like, quote unquote, the world's most famous small game hunter. And he is a super cool and genuine guy he actually went i took him hunting with my coursing dogs he was passing through and he reached out to me through another friend of mine who's awesome his name's adrian he's been on a tailgate talk with me i took kevin and his friend out hunting those two guys were so legit super genuine he just loves dogs loves dog work was really excited but does he blow horns him. he Is does that why yeah. we're connected that's, here that's what he got okay. famous for on on meat eater he'd like blow a horn before he goes squirrel hunting. Anyway, he did not blow his horn when we went jackrabbit hunting, but he did get to see my dogs course a jackrabbit. And I was, I'm not gonna lie, you guys, my dogs have been on fire this year. So inside my heart, not outwardly, I was pretty much like, my dogs are gonna slay this jackrabbit in front of this really famous dude. And I'm gonna feel like a badass 
Well, I got Did outrun oh. <laughs> one of the three times I got outrun all season, but it was. I'm not going to lie. Even when you get outrun, your dogs look slicker than. Sh- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they looked amazing. You know, they actually they barred, they fenced well and they took the jackrabbit almost two miles, which we were on foot. He wanted to walk. Oh, and yeah. So they were just atoms in the distance through our 15 X's after the first mile. But yeah. it was a really great race. I was really proud of my dogs. They actually, um, I'm not going to get too into the techno mumbo jumbo, but uh, the hair got up and I didn't even see the hair. Pronto saw the hair at about 300 yards and took the hark in the pack into the rabbit, which is impressive because a jackrabbit is the size of a football and the grass is 13 inches tall. So it was really cool. And I was, it was a great time. It was a really good time. So yeah, Kevin, you rock. Well, I just want to spend the last couple minutes of this podcast giving you a preview of what's coming up. We got Seth and Lauren coming up with with a um, show to be named later. Yeah, we haven't even come up with a name for that. Uh, a big announcement. Another big announcement is we have got uh, Heath Hyatt, who's going to be dropping a show on Wednesdays for Houndsman XP. It's called The Journey of a Houndsman. He's going to talk to all sorts of training experts. He's going to tie. He's going to tie the the police canine world, which we've talked about a lot with scent and scenting, um, over to how we can cherry pick from that community and use it to make us better houndsmen. So he's going to take us on a journey with a litter of pups that he's raising right now. Uh, he's going to talk about cognitive learning and. And the science behind that, he's going to talk about conditioning. I mean, it's going to be a deep dive. If you are looking to improve your game as a houndsman and as a hunter, you're going to want to turn into the journey. It's going to drop, start dropping on Wednesdays on May 18th. And um, I was over there last week and recorded the first episode with with Heath. He's He's... He's always been a very good guest for us on Houndsman XP, and he's joining the team, and we're going to feature him every Wednesday on the journey on the Houndsman XP podcast network. Um, Another surprise that I don't even know that I've shared with this with you guys. So as I was at the the TOC, and I watched everything that was going on there, I decided to approach Steve Burkholder about uh, doing his own show as well. And Steve is going to capture those deep stories of houndsmen around the country and tell all kinds of of history and and different things uh, around coon hunting, around hounds, around living the life as a houndsman. I think it's going to be really good. He did an outstanding job at the TOC. Steve has never met a stranger. He's colorful, and uh, he's pumped. So I love Steve and his gallon bucket hat. Yeah, yep, <laughs> yep. Great. Yeah, this is news to me. Yep. So that is in the works. So we we are continuing to build our platform here and build who we are and what we do and get that message out there. And it's and it's. Both of these new podcast, all three of these new podcasts are going to have something for everybody. And it's not going to be necessarily um, pigeonholed into one genre. The view. Definitely not. No silos. 
No, no, no silos, no echo chamber type stuff. We want to attract bird dog guys to be looking at what hounds. If we're going to make hound hunting mainstream, we've got to look outside of our own silo here. We've got to make it appealing to, I want deer hunters to, to be interested in what we're doing. I want bird dog guys to be interested in what we're doing. I want all these different people to be interested in what we're doing. And the news isn't over yet because Alex Christick from Australia is going to start recording some international stuff. For he is the bomb. That guy is and awesome. He's got so many contacts all throughout Europe. I mean, I already mentioned it. That's where I found out. I had to go to Australia to find out where to find Yog Terriers in the United States. Right. Three hours came from Alex Christick. So there you go. There you go. So it's an exciting time. We're expanding. We're growing. And uh, yeah, it's cool times. I'm excited. I'm excited job, to be a part Chris. of this team. Yeah. Yeah. This is the this is the OG three right here. For real. What does but that I'm mean? Very happy. I don't even know what up. that means. Original gangsters. Yo. Oh, geez, oh, Pete. That's right. We are the OG threes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I still remember your phone call when you called me. You know, after <laughs> I, still... I after I helped at Autumn Oaks and was just like, "Hey." What's up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How'd, how'd, how'd you like to be a part of Houndsman XP? Yeah. Yep. I Little did that. I know what I was getting into. <laughs> no doubt. Seth, do you remember your first phone your, the phone call when I called you? Yeah, for sure. I actually had post I just joined the Facebook group Old School Houndsman and I posted a story, a photo story a virtual scrapbook, if you will, <clears throat> of a, uh, a epic jackrabbit course I had. And then you called me, you reached out to me on messenger and I was already kind of a fanboy at the time. So when you reached out to me, I was like, Oh my God. And, uh, oh you, yeah, you called me and, uh, you asked me to do an episode. I did an episode and, uh, needless to say, I was pumped. And you called me back like three days later and you were like, do you want to be a part of this team? And I was like, do I? <laughs> and you were like, I need a, a super pumped sighthound guy. And I'm that guy. <laughs> so yep. here I am. I was actually just... on I-15 outside of Las Vegas when I called you, Seth. I was actually coming into Las Vegas for the SHOT Show in what what year was that? 2020? 2019. 20 yeah, no we dropped in 2019 so it would have been january of 2020 okay yeah yeah, yeah. january 2020 yep yep, yep. yep. and then and we had our you. freedom hunters event right after that well we had it right before right that before that before. yeah right yep. before yeah. yep yep we'd just been on the navajo nation i was moving i was rolling up to ne nevada that's right Las vegas for the shot show you had terrible service i had to climb up on the roof of my house to talk to you <laughs> i remember that i was sitting on my roof on a chair this is who we are you guys this is who we are this is what we do for y'all i didn't know if it was you or me and every time you called me it was like it would be like Chris Powell. and i was like this could be me and i don't want to ruin this so i grabbed a folding chair and darted up on my roof <laughs> that would you would do that and i would just be like sorry can't hear you uh call me later <laughs> Bye. oh man that's hilarious well, it's been a great ride, and I'm glad to see it growing. It's only going to get better, and uh, there's a lot more stuff coming. 
but nothing that we can release right now. Um, man, it's, it's going to be cool. So I appreciate all the work that you guys put into this and just doing these point blanks and, and being a little more lighthearted and yeah, I was born to be lighthearted. That's my jam. I have to focus to be serious. Lighthearted is my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> I think I'm just kind of crazy and dumb. We agree. <laughs> it's just kind of no, how I well, roll. Yeah. Yeah. Chris once no. told me, he, he was like, Seth, I, I, you like to have everything well thought out before you speak. And sometimes you have to let loose. And I told my friends that. And they all started laughing and they're like, man, dang, you have done a good job looking professional then because I'm, <laughs> I'm an animal in human skin. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, guys, it has been rad and I love being a part of the Houndsman XP team and I'm going to love it even more next week. <laughs> yeah, I, I tune in next Friday for the rollout of the Lauren and Seth show. This is going to be, I, I foresee this as being the entertainment f factor for Houndsman XP. You know, I get, I, I am pretty straight laced. I, it'll be, it'll be the zinger. Yeah. I'm more of a, just a facts, ma'am type, type person. Uh, I like to get down to it and talk about what we're going to talk about. And I like to have a good time too. And if, if you don't know whether or not I'm having a good time, just ask me and I'll tell you, I'm having a good time. Um, uh, it's not always, I'm, I'm more straight laced a lot of times. So that probably comes from, uh, the, military. The, Mar the Marine Corps and 28 years in, in law enforcement. So, uh, but I am, I'm looking forward to what you, and I haven't even heard it yet. It may not air. I'm not sure yet. It but, might uh, not. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just the city girl gone country. So I'm just like, whoa, whoa. Oh, just it's going to be great. Living the it's rebel life. I think you're going to, um, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I'm, I'm not going to try to it. foreshadow it at all. So it's going to be great. But anyway, hey, let's wrap this dude up, man. We got to go. And lady, I want a picture. Hey, for that, I want a picture of the raccoon koozie on your head with the headset on for the cover photo for this dude. <laughs> H-E yes. double hockey sticks now. Yes. <laughs> okay, maybe like tomorrow after I shower. <laughs> whatever <laughs> all right uh, you can call it whatever you want but i want that on top of your head with the headset on that's cool <laughs> right. that thing really is cool i'm i'm it impressed. is um and they make them out of like bear and skunk and like anything you can think of that's got fur that you can legally harvest you can get them made yep hey before we get out of here real quick i have got to give a shout out and and this is going to sound like a deal like Cajun Lights is a new sponsor, but I want to tell you about L.W. Nixon. This guy is one of the coolest guys that I've ever met in the industry. He is down home, just a genuinely good guy. Um, he's hooked hooked us up with lights, and I've been using using a couple of his lights now for for a few weeks. But he just sent me a vest. And the uh, Cajun Micro Gator. I'm going to do some videos on that dude. But uh, that is the answer for that I've been looking for when I'm out big game hunting. I've got the vest. This vest holds my Garmin. It holds my radio. 
and it holds my cell phone all right there. It's got a few pockets on the, on the right side. And then the micro gator actually hooks onto this vest and snaps in. So I've got a light on me all the time. So those early mornings when I'm looking for bear tracks or lion tracks, bobcat, whatever it is, I can even coon hunt with this thing. It's all right there on this vest. It is the slickest deal I've seen for I'm light, interested. Yeah, light solutions in a long time. So, and and the really good thing is, um, LW just wants he wants to serve the hunting community, and just a genuinely good guy. He's not in it. I mean, he obviously is in it to build his business, but he's the type of person that you want to do business with, and. And he's not paying me enough to paying paying Houndsman XP enough to to for me to brag on him like that. I, I'm bragging on him because <laughs> because I I we've always done this with our sponsors. If if when we when we start a sponsorship, we become friends. We build a relationship. And Cajun Lights and LW Nixon, the owner of that company, is one of those people that's just good to know. You're a better person for knowing him. I'm telling you that right now. It's so true though. I was just thinking the same the whole time is, is, you know, this is similar. I've built such a good relationship with Paul Mangum of Insta Privy. He's such a cool guy and uh, stay tuned patrons. We're going to be giving away an Insta Privy. I'm shooting. I shot a commercial. It's going to be out soon, but that is an awesome product. I, I just love being part of a show where the sponsors that we join with are products that we actually use and believe in. And that product is awesome. So, well, it's just like, it's, I mean, I can say that about every single sponsor that we have. Yeah. You totally, you look at, you look at dogs are treat. Not only do they have the best products, they're great people. Kevin and Nancy are, I just talked to Kevin and Nancy yesterday or the day before, you know, just sharing stories, hunting stories and all this other stuff. We didn't even talk business. We were just talking all kinds of other stuff. Uh, you know, people ask me all the time, why Joy Dog Food? Joy Dog Food? I'll tell you why. Because they put stuff back into the things that I love. You know, PKC Youth Sponsorship. Right. Uh, Not only is it a good quality product, they actually do something. Yeah. Like, as a business okay. for our community. Yes, absolutely. For the price, for the, for they, they have a high quality product that's affordable and they are making investments back into our lifestyle. There isn't another, there isn't another dog food company that can compare. Period. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, you look at Briar Creek, Briar Creek Kennel. I've known Jim Ridge started that, started kicked that off years ago. Jim and I have been friends for a number of years. Uh, Jim served with the Hoosier Tree Dog Alliance. He's a legendary hound, English English coonhound breeder, and now Chris Girth is has picked up that that mantle and and moved it for moving the ball down the field and made a lot of improvements. They're the same way. They showed up at the TOC in Greenfield to judge and to guide. They weren't hunting a dog. They could have, but they weren't. They were there to serve. And that's why we look for these sponsors for this show, for every, for every one of our shows. And, and I just want to go wild is another sponsor. They're going to be sponsoring Heath and go wild is working for hunters. There are a lot of companies out there that I could go to and sell you meat out of a box or whatever, but 
I'm not using that stuff, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna advertise for them. Absolutely, pure, plain and simple. Plain and simple. If we put our, if we if we have them on this podcast as a sponsor, you can trust it, that somebody in this team is highly dedicated to that product, and we believe in what we're what we're advertising. So, yeah, Sighthound Hunters, pay attention. The Insta Privy was built for you. <laughs> I can't Absolutely. disagree with that. I am so excited to see this commercial. I think, I I think hope it's going to be a bomb. I hope I, hope I laugh. I love yeah, it. I, I loved it. My friend shot it for me, produced by me and Justin. We caught a rabbit that day, and then we filmed a commercial for Insta Privy. So, yeah, I had a great time. So, if any, some people are going to love it for sure. <laughs> yeah, I found I found Paul at the shot show this year, and um, uh, he's a Marine. He's a retired. I believe he retired as a captain in the Marine Corps, maybe a major. I might, I'm, excuse me, sir. I was only enlisted, sir. So if I'm, if I'm giving you the lower rank, I apologize now. But, um, anyway, Paul was a Marine and, uh, he came up with this really unique product. I actually shot a video of me demonstrating the use of it. at the shot show, but I've passed that on to Seth because he was so excited about it. So I haven't released anything. It's perfect for us. <laughs> Lauren, where would you have pooped out there? You know what I mean? Oh, now we're going to, now we got to put um, the graphic You rating. don't know everywhere that I've defecated this entire, entire this is northern way too much and southern hemisphere. We got to get out of here. That wasn't <laughs> just Ridge out there. I know it. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I didn't. All know right. That's anyway, enough of this. <laughs> You guys, it's kind of freaky when you, you know, guys can sit together and talk about this stuff, but I'm still old school. You start yeah. talking about, you put girls in the You mix, get the heebie-jeebies oh, when I, I start talking I about it. Me yeah. and Lauren were just vile hanging out. We were a good team. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's wrap, let's wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. Let's wrap yeah. it up. Yeah. Wrap it up, Chris. Hey, it's been a great, great discussion. It's great to get together on the Cinco on Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Drinco. Yeah, Hola Cinco de Drinco. I had two and a half beers. Yep, I have one uh, Mexican burro here, and so until next time, folks, you follow your hounds, and I'll follow mine. <laughs>